Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Risque with Roxy and Ruby. I'm Roxy and I have an unapologetic approach to everything I do. Y yo soy Ruby, a traditional woman with a modern perspective on life. We're going to be talking about social media, hot topics, pop culture, relationships, politics, sports, and everything in between. Buckle up. Risque with Roxy and Ruby. Prepare for takeoff. Three, two, one. Welcome, guys, to Risque. Uh, today, my co- my special co-host for the day is, of course, the lovely homo homie. And we got my girl super excited to have you and, and com- converse with you again. Yes. I, I actually, uh, well, I interviewed you when I was on a station called Latino 96.3. Yes. Like, back when you looked. Back in the day. Back when you looked like that picture that I pulled up on Google of back you. Back in my before picture yeah. time of my life. The one and only Christelle. <laughs> Alonzo. I'm clapping for myself. No one's clapping for me. I'm no, clapping no, for no, myself. No, no. I just want you guys to know there's no audience here. I'm clapping for myself because hashtag self-love. That's right. <laughs> self-lovery. No, I love it because like when you go to Wikipedia and Google and you Google people, yeah. it's like American comedian, actress, writer, producer who created and starred in the ABC yes. sitcom Cristela, which is the truth. Yes. But I'm like, she's a, a Mexican-American. Get it right? Yes. She's not just American. Yes. A little Absolutely. bit of both. No, you know what I mean? I actually didn't come up with my Wikipedia. I don't know who came up with my Wikipedia. I've never read it, but I have had people reference it, and I'm like, oh, I did that? I didn't do that? Like, you know, that's why I'm like, don't believe what you see on the internet, because unless I say it, it might not be true. Exactly. Like, oh, Christella loves hot air balloons. Like, I've never been on a hot air balloon. Like, uh, she bought a hot air balloon for her mom. Wait, you, you so know. you didn't create your Wikipedia page? No. Oh, get out people of here. Don't, people, someone else does it, because I don't know how it used to work, but back in the day, you could couldn't come up you couldn't write your own wiki uh, wiki page someone really? else had to do it yeah you know so I, and one day i didn't have one and then the next day boom life story and i was like <laughs> oh okay. all those things happened <laughs> hey, but seriously Chriselle, i'm so proud of you man i'm so happy to see you <laughs> evolving you like you're all skinny now and and you know what i really love that <laughs> that is historic about you you're the first latina woman to create produce write and star in your own yeah show yeah on a u.s network yeah. like, and like and you know and <laughs> that's it's been, huge like latinas have had shows on tv before but it, it was really a big deal for me to create it and have control over it because i wanted my story to be told right mm-hmm. because i wanted people to know like my show was about being different and i always hate how you ever notice like the tv shows are always very simple and i always say that like uh with with a lot of other shows that aren't latino 
they they can have a show like, oh, uh, in this show, Becky searches for the perfect sandwich Tuesdays on ABC. You yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like 12 inches of love. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That like, sounds like a porn. I know, it does. Yeah, I'm sure it does. But like with la- like Latino shows, we can't have those shows. We always have to learn how to read first. We always have to get taught like right or wrong. We got to like ace the calculus test and then we can find love afterwards. And I wanted to talk about, I wanted to do a show that kind of showed, and it wasn't even representing Latinos because you can't. Yeah. There's too many Latinos to represent. Exactly. Yeah. I always say like you got to be you got to speak your truth and you got to be able to defend your truth. That's it. So like for me, I was trying to represent my little hometown and my little family border town South Texas and I loved it. So I I, I was all about it. Just represent you, what you knew basically. Yeah. yeah. How did you I mean cuz man, being in the entertainment industry, you just see like all the bullshit. Girl, you that, know, it. you know, goes on <laughs> the you know, Oh and, girl, you ain't lying. And the politics <laughs> signing on that. And you know, the fact that let's be real, let's be 100. Like yeah. the, the people that are really making a lot of the decisions are males and they're white or they're jewish but most of the time they're white men right yeah and like how did you manage to to get this green lit you know that's I, a huge accomplishment like what was your secret behind that girl were you like super <laughs> persuasive like what nah, was it did you have you an know, amazing team I, I did but also i didn't want it and that's i think that's the thing that people don't realize is that when you i believe in setting goals for yourself that are big goals. Like for me, it's like I wanted to perform. So my dream was to get the chance to perform. I never wanted to have my own TV show because really? growing up, ah, well, because growing up, like I grew up in a border town. My mom spoke Spanish. My first language is Spanish. And I used to watch a lot of Mexican TV, like Televisa. And this is before the day before TV Azteca. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the OG, <laughs> yeah, the OG day. Yeah. The OG, like yeah. Chabelo was in his twenties, like <laughs> yeah. still rocking the hot pants. And you know, I grew up thinking that people that looked like me to be on TV and film had to do it in Spanish and not here in this mm-hmm. country. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's like, even because that's all you that's saw. That's all you, you saw. Know? Exactly. So for me, I always kept doing things. I never wanted it. I, I never looked for the show. And I was doing really well in, in stand-up. And then I signed with a new agency. And I told them about how I grew up. And they were amazed because they had never heard a story like that. But the th- truth is, is that I grew up poor. I grew up like below the poverty line. We were like hella poor, you know, and I always tell people my story isn't special. Like you go back to my hood. Everyone lives like me. Yeah. It's special in that room because those people aren't used to hearing they're that like, story. Oh, my God. How did you survive? Because yeah. they have an experience. How did you survive? Yes. Yeah. So for them, they're like, like when I tell them that I grew up poor. And were they I grew, floored? You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they couldn't understand it, you know, but they thought it was. <laughs> I, I guess, lack of a better word, I feel like they thought it was exotic. You yeah, know what I, I mean? Just like, say you know what I mean? Like she's like, coming from oh, the Amazons. Like, yeah, yeah you know? from, from the jungles. So, <laughs> like, this is normal to us. Yeah, and the weird thing is, is that I actually got the chance to do the show. I was uh, signing at the new agency, and there was a, an agent who is uh, he was uh, half Jewish, half Cuban. And he, I told oh, snap. him, what a combination. And he was like, his name uh, was Eric Rovner. And we were in the meeting. I know Eric Rovner. Yeah. He's, <laughs> the one, he's the one that did it. He's, he's the, the one, one that helped you make we that. Were, we were in the meeting and I told them my uh, I told them about my life. And he he's like, hey, there is a producer that's looking to develop with a Latino, uh, you know, comic, you know, actor, whatever. Like, would you want to meet them? And I said, yes. I'm like, sure. I didn't know what I was doing. So literally the next wow. day after that meeting, I met with that producer and I told him about my life and I told them, you know, they're like, well, have you ever thought of doing a show? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, my show, I want it to be, 
I wanted it to be like a Latino Roseanne. Yeah, because you wanted, grew up watching Roseanne, yeah, right? But I also like I wanted to have I wanted to have a family that seemed like a real family, like the kind of family like when someone insults you, everybody reacts to it, they laugh, they like join <laughs> it, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I always hate how in sitcoms like everybody's like really brilliant and no one laughs at what they say, and I'm like, yeah. dude, you would have been like dogged on forever in my house. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like let me tell you. When I was in second, I was the only kid in my family. I'm the youngest of four. I'm the only one that never got to meet my dad. My parents separated right before like I was born. And my mom, my mom found out that my dad was cheating. Like you know, so she like she like Latino woman, Mexican woman. She's like, then you never get to meet your daughter. And oh, I wow. never like I never got to meet him. Dun, so we novela on a Friday, right? <laughs> so did, did you grow up with daddy issues because of that? No, because I didn't. No. I, I didn't grow up. I didn't know what it was to have a dad. So you so, didn't miss it. No. You, you, how could you miss what you I never always, had? I always tell people it's like when people ask me, "Did you miss not having a dad?" I'm like, I miss not having a dad as much as I miss like have not having a jet ski. Like I don't know what it's like to have. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But you know, in second grade, I had to do a project about family trees. And I asked my mom about my dad, and my dad, and my mom was so against it that my mom was like, uh, she lied and told me that my dad was El Santo, like the, <laughs> the wrestler. Yeah, and she like <laughs> lied to me and said that the Santos was my dad, and she did it because she, because he wore a mask, so she didn't have to describe him. So she was like, "That's your dad." And I went to school and I told everybody <laughs> that Santos was my dad because why would my mom lie to me? Yeah. And it turns out she's just mean. So like, even now, in my late thirties. On Santos's birthday, my brothers send me a picture of Santos. And they're like, oh, happy birthday to your dad, stupid. And, like, and that is the kind of energy that I wanted on the show. Oh, I wanted man. that. You know, yeah. mean old that, family clowning. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, and, and, and we didn't have that. So I ended up telling the you know, the producer who ended up doing my show. It was the first person I met, and you know, we talked about the family dynamic we had, and they're like, fine, let's do it. And I always tell people, like, because I grew up so poor, I am very picky about what I do, and I I don't do it for the money because for me, I'm like, we either do it right or we don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. that's and, right. And I always say it's like coming from nothing and having no money has made me so fearless because at the end of the day, what's what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. Yeah, I go back to being poor. Bitch, I was you used to being poor. To like, like, I, I, like when you, it's funny because I've noticed in my in like. In my life, I've noticed that the people that are really scared to be poor are the ones that have never been poor because they don't yeah. know what it's like. Yeah, you know, so they expect the worst. And I'm like, bitch, like every we'll day. Like, yeah, we're real. I'm I'll gonna, teach you how to budget. Yeah. I'll teach you how to scavenge and do everything it's else. It's that thing, like because out of necessity, that's when you see what you're really made out of. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you do what of, you gotta. Hey, you yeah. be amazed the shit you do whenever you gotta do what you gotta do. Isn't that weird? Like when people, like I meet so many people. Well, not recently, but years ago, I used to meet like people, like when we were all coming up, that they had, they had like like standards to jobs they wouldn't do because they thought the jobs were beneath them you know and oh I'm like God. hey we gotta eat like yeah. you know like I don't care like I always tell people I will never be unemployed because big lots and target always hire I can stock shelves I can yeah. you know what I mean I'm yeah because like, you gotta pay the bills I don't care how you do it you know so for me I wanted to give that kind of story to uh to the audience I wanted to do that and it was so weird because no one thought no one thought much of my show. Like they didn't, weren't giving me a lot of support. They, I think they kind of thought like, oh well, we'll see it because I hadn't done anything. Yeah, because they, they were you know kind of like I mean? taking a risk. Yeah, on your it's show. like oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll do it. <laughs> and I remember, 
the show didn't get picked up to pilot and the producer uh, and we had had a, a thing we had this thing called a penalty so you guys uh, if you guys don't know when you sell a show and they they want to convince you that they want to do it the network will give you a penalty and they basically say if we don't do a pilot um, people get this money you know uh, so the money was about like three hundred thousand dollars like okay. I like to speak money I like to do numbers because people need to know that so that we know what we're worth and what we're fighting for and everything yeah. right. right so the, the penalty was three hundred thousand and the producers uh, the producer called me her name's Becky and she said uh, hey um, I have this idea it's never been done uh, what if we take the money and we shoot like a little like mini pilot you know, and and show people what the show is. Yeah, because they didn't get the jokes, they didn't get the the humor, they didn't get they didn't get it. Exactly. And I, and I was telling them like, if you saw it, you would get it. You would totally. Yeah, it's like you gotta see it. So you know, m- the producer said, if we do it, you're not getting paid for the pilot. Like you're giving up your money and everything for the pilot. And I was like, let's do it. And we did it. And you know, it was a thing. It had never been done before. And the studio and the network was like, okay, we'll give you, we'll let you have this money and, and do it. And by that time, everyone, a lot of people had already like gotten booked on pilots and stuff. We found actors that were amazing. We had like two weeks to audition. We didn't have a set. And what? we ended up shooting Dang. the pilot. The pilot that we shot for my show was actually shot on another show called Last Man Standing that starred Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. So the, Becky, the producer of my show, produced her, his show. So what they did, we actually, it, the, the crew of the show moved furniture around to make the house look different. But it's the same set. Oh, oh I didn't know To save money. Yeah, to save money. the average cost of a pilot like mine, like a sitcom, the average cost of an episode is about $1.2, million. Shit, per so episode. you guys made it happen with 300000 Which is very Latino. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, like that is a very Latino thing. And I'm sure you know? it was good quality too. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually, we wanted to, when we taped the pilot, at that point, they didn't know if I could act or not. So they were, you know. Did you know if you could act? Oh, I, I had been doing theater for years. Oh, okay. So they didn't, they didn't know that. Like, oh, they, I didn't know that either. Yeah, well, we could, I was like, surprise. I know. I'm like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> you know, but I actually, I started doing theater and I had to stop because uh, there weren't Latino roles for me. So Even when I was in theater, theater well, because, you know, in college, I had a voice teacher that said, uh, as a Latina back in the day, I could do West Side Story. I could do Chorus Line. And then I was done. You know, and mm-hmm. it was at that time where rent was kind of hot, but it really wasn't like it wasn't a big thing. And we were decades away from Hamilton. So, yeah. like, you know, like so I did West Side Story and I did Chorus Line. And then after that, I was like, I think I'm done or else I'm going to keep doing the same shows over and over. That's why I started writing stand up because oh. I, I actually told myself that we were never going. Uh, no one was ever going to write my my role. And even if I hadn't written my show, I would have never gotten to audition to play me. Yeah, it would have been somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Because, because... I love that you played you. Yeah, well, because, you know, I would have never gotten the audition because I was chubby. And I really? didn't look like what people are used to seeing, seeing on, on TV. TV yeah. Let me tell you, I did a, an episode of Sons of Anarchy years ago, and it was the first audition I went to, and I booked it. And in that episode, I had lines, and I got shot. Spoiler alert, it's like a decade old. I got shot in the forehead like with a gun. And uh, it was me and another girl, and another girl, the other girl in the scene with me, she was really cute, really thin, and she didn't have any speaking parts. She didn't have any lines. But when we were shooting there, the day of the set, 
the crew came in and I didn't know what was happening. And they mic'd her up because they assumed that she was the one speaking because she looked she Cute, cuter. skinny. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And she then, fit the standards. Yes, yeah. and they they mic'd her up, and we I didn't know she had no lines. You know, like, I, I you know? <laughs> and then we're rehearsing, and they find out, like, oh, no, like, actually, the chubby girl's the one that's got the lines. Uh-huh. So they had to, like, take off her mic and put it, put on, it me. on you. And that that's, like, kind of what I what I dealt with. Yeah. So I worked on, my, on creating the show because up to that point, I was only getting uh, made auditions. So I would go in for maids, and it's that role where, like, they they wanted you to be the like, Latino, yeah, and yeah. speaking an accent that no one ever uses. Like, what you know kind what of I mean? accent do they want you to talk uh, in? It's always like, "Hey, Mister Jenkins, the limo is here." Like, <laughs> you know, like, you're just like what? Like, like no one talks like that. Who like, the fuck right? talks like? Like, uh, my mom was from Mexico, never learned English. She didn't have that accent. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just... Seriously. And it's weird because they tell you, like, that's when you find out what people think of you, when, or, like, or, or, like of your, your people, your culture, yep. where they're just like, no, can you amp it up? And you're just like, what do you mean? Say it. I want you to say the words. And they don't... And they're like, you know, just a little thicker. Like, you're... Like your you're, accent. Yeah. Like just the, over- it was always the accent. And it was... And finally, after I want to say maybe the fourth or fifth audition for a maid, it was like back to back. I called my agent and I told them, I, I know it's going to take longer. I'm never auditioning for another maid again. Yeah. Unless the maid actually has a story and a point of why their maids like yeah, you know, like, yeah. it's like you can do it look uh, uh lupe ontiveros used to do it all the time mm-hmm. you know lupe ontiveros who is better known as yolanda saldivar from selena yep. Yep. you know she played a maid i want to say like 150 times she, i know i remember yeah. hearing that you about know, her and she always said i i love to play maids be- uh, that have a heart and that's like the thing we never get a chance to play people with heart that's mm-hmm. why I think, you know, it's like we got to look for those roles and we got to hold out on those roles. Yeah. And I'm not saying it for everybody. Hey, if you need to eat, get that job. You know yep. what I mean? But, yeah. But it's also the responsibility of people like me to write the stories that don't have the maids that don't or that if they do have the maids that that the maid is a human being. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, that's what I want. I want yeah. humanity in the stories. So we shot the pilot. Not only did we shoot the pilot. We uh, shot the first scene in Spanish. We did the whole pilot, and then we re- went back and we did the whole first scene of the show in Spanish with the same cast because we all were bilingual. And I wanted to pitch the show as a bilingual show that we would do the scenes, uh, we would do the season in English, and then we would redo it again in Spanish for uh, Latin American countries. Yeah, yeah. Because again, yeah. how many times do you see translations that you're like, that's not what they're saying? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like you see translations, you're like. I thought I knew Spanish. <laughs> like, you, know, like, you know? Yeah, so I've totally seen that. <laughs> you know? And I and I we did it and and we told the audience right before we did it. We're like, hey, anybody that wants to leave can can go ahead and go. We're done. Uh, we're gonna try something new. We don't think it's ever done been done before. We're gonna redo the pilot in Spanish. So whoever wants to stay can stay. Whoever wants to go, go. Because it was in, it was filmed in front of a live yeah. studio audience. And we right? How to, was that experience? You know, having a live audience. I'm a I'm a comic, so I thrive off of it. Yeah, exactly. But also, I wanted to, you know, like for me. I think that when you do a show like in front of a live studio audience, like a, a, a sitcom like that, it's cool because especially like the people that are in that room, I think that when a show is done well, it's like theater and theater is expensive as hell. 
and a lot of people can't afford to see theater. Exactly. And I think that when a TV show is done well, man, it can move you. I loved yeah. it, you know? And it's that thing where you're like, you just want to be moved. And it, it, it's bullshit. That poor, that poor people don't have access to art like that because we can learn so much from it. Why yep. don't we have the access to it? It's bullshit. So that was my way of giving some, like trying to do something good for people that couldn't afford it. And we finished the pilot and we turned it in and the studio said, oh, we don't have money to test it. And what then, the fuck? But then they saw the pilot and they really liked it and they're like, oh, we somehow found money. Like to test it, all so they tested sudden. it all of a sudden, and then they sent it to the network, and the network was the same way. Like because that year, ABC was doing a pilot with uh, Kevin Hart and Henry Winkler. It, it was ABC, and uh, it was 20th Century. Both of the people that were doing my show, and they were basically like, "Man, you have a lot of competition," you know. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Like, it, I know. I know who Kevin Hart is. Yeah, <laughs> know, of course. Yeah, I, I know. He, like, yeah, like, no shit. I know, right?" And ABC didn't have money to test it, and all of a sudden they were testing it. And then we found out that my character, I had tested the highest that a character had tested, I think, in like the last five, seven years but or something. But how did they test it? Just with focus groups? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was it. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they were surprised that it tested so well because they didn't pick it up to pilot. So because when, it was something different. Yes. That's why. Exactly. And then, you know, after that, it was just uh, we got picked up to pilot, and they kept saying, they kept saying like, oh, if we get picked up to pilot, we're, don't worry, they're going to reshoot the pilot. They're going to da-da-da-da-da-da. So I did all this stuff, and then they decided to air the pilot like that. So, you know, like, when I shot the pilot, I didn't have highlights done. I didn't have anything done because I was just doing it to, like, I was just doing it to get it out to there. To get it done, yeah. And then once they greenlit the pilot and stuff, I had to... I had to look like the way I did in the pilot throughout the whole show. Dang. So, because you have to like lock in the look. Of so, course. I was just done. Like, that was how I had to look for the whole show. And I'm like, you guys told me we were going to be able to do it. And they're like, no, it's just so good. We don't want to mess with it. You're just going to have to deal with it like that. And I'm like, Dang. okay. And how long did the show air? The, sh- the show it did 22 uh, episodes. It was one season. And it was actually, it w- they recommended a second season. And we didn't get it. And it right, right after they canceled my show, I remember I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I was doing the improv. And the audience wanted to know when I was going to get a second season because everybody thought we were getting the second season. Everybody was rooting for you, girl. People and were pissed. People, I remember people that. still mad. They they still get mad. Like they're just like we're so mad. I'm like, bitch. How do you think I felt? Like, exactly. <laughs> like what was yeah. their reasoning behind it? You don't get one. You, you don't get one. So then what happened? My show wasn't marketed by the network. I didn't have a billboard. I never got a billboard. I never got anything. It was just like, I used to call my show the scavenger hunt show where you're just like, find it and maybe you'll find it, you know, whatever. And, you know, Damn. they didn't have any marketing for it. So halfway through the year, I started uh, I started uh, guest hosting The View so that because it was on the network, I'm like, I got to get my get the word out. out there. Yeah, yeah. Like, no one else is doing it. So during hiatus weeks, I would go to New York and host The View for a week and I'd come back and then... I started noticing that the network really liked me on The View. And I told everybody, I think they're going to cancel the show and they're going to give it, offer me the, a job on The View. And that's exactly what happened, right? Ten minutes after I got canceled, I got a call offering me The View. Oh, my God. And immediately I was like, no, no, sorry. And everybody was like, oh, she probably wants more money. And I was like, no. And I was like, no. And I'm like, you guys had the show I wanted. This is my show. 
I'm not doing this for a money grab. I'm doing things that I want to do. I'm not doing it. And and, and I didn't do so it. So you turned down the view? Yep. Why? You just that's just not your didn't thing. Didn't want huh? it. I just... didn't didn't want it. I just you know it's that thing where like look the audience isn't stupid, man. They know when you they know when you're happy, and they know when you belong somewhere, and yep. they know when you're happy yep. to be there. Like yep. they're not dumb, you yeah. Know? They're not. And, it, and it, for me, it's a great like it's great for you know it's great for me at some point, not at that point. Yeah, it was it's great for certain people. I'm not knocking it. The women were great. Like I loved them. I thought like I love Whoopi. I mean, they're great. But when you know it's not for you. You I just know, yeah. you, you know, it's just, hey, but that's dope. You staying true to yourself. A lot of people would have sold out for money. Uh, but you know, that's, a lot of people would have sold out I for talk, the money. I talk about that all the time. It's like, see, but that's what happens when you start selling out for the money. Then you start getting more money and you start creating this lifestyle that you have to upkeep for the rest of your life. And how do you upkeep that lifestyle? Then you got to keep saying yes to other shit you don't want to do. Yeah. And then, then if it, yeah, then like a decade for, goes by and yeah, you, you balling. Oh, you, you live in the life and you doing everything. But then you're, you're like, you, you're not happy you're not even being true to yourself i don't want to be embarrassed about what i do you know what i mean like like for me i always say like my mom came here from a little village in mexico no running water no electricity no anything she came here so that her kids could have a shot and every time i say yes every time i say no to something i always think does this decision does this thing that i'm doing help honor the journey that my mom took because that's that's where you go like that like i'm like did she come here to this country so that i could do this and you know and when you see it like that when you think of it like that i think of all the parents that sacrifice so much for their kids yeah you know and it's like what are you doing are you doing the same thing for them because trust me sacrifice doesn't go one way it's a two-way street. Like, yeah, you know, it's like sure. just the way that your parents sacrifice for something, you got to sacrifice for them. So yep. what are you doing? What are you doing to sacrifice for your parents? And for me, it's like, I just want to be proud of what I do. I want to be proud. I want my family to be proud of, wh- of what I do. And I want to look back and make sure that I didn't have any regrets. And when I turned down The View... I bet you people were like, Christella, you fucking crazy? People like, all like, <laughs> well, like hey, Ben, that's enough. Like, you dumb? Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, man. Like, all like, day who? who told you that? Oh, everybody. Even my agents were like, are you sure? <laughs> like, you know, like, I was just like, it's not my thing. Like, it's not my thing. I'm like, I don't know what's my thing, but it's not this. And I, I turned it down, and like, no joke, I want to say two weeks later... I got I I got uh, offered Cars three. I got the lead in Cars three in a Pixar movie. Man. And and I and I told and I told everybody the view wasn't for me. Cars was for me. Yeah. I turned down the view so that I could do Cars. And no. for me, like that's that, more your personality. Yeah. Dude. You know. Yeah. So it was like for me. I'm like you know when I said no to it. Yeah. There is a part of me that was like, did you do the right decision? Right thing, did yeah. you do, did you do the right thing? And. And I, I told myself, like, nah, you know, you know, you, you, you got to trust your gut. You got to trust your gut. When we're younger, we don't. And we always think like, oh, we question ourselves and we're like, mm, maybe I'm wrong. And what happens? Then we find out you were right. You got to yeah. listen to yourself. Cause, like, and so I got to that point where I'm like, it just doesn't feel like it's the right thing for me right now. 
And then I got Cars 3, and I'm like, that's what it is. And every time I've said no to something, something else comes up that I realize that's where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Oh, I freaking love that. Damn, we started this podcast, <laughs> yeah. this episode, powerfully. <laughs> and I want to, I want to come, coming yep. back, I want to talk about how um, you, you actually lived in an abandoned diner, right? And yeah, I want to talk seven about years that. of my life. I think I saw you post something about that on yep. Instagram the other day. Yeah, yeah. And then I also want to get your thoughts and opinions on um, Barbie unveiling these dolls based on um, Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, Kahlo yeah. Captain yeah. Johnson, Chloe Kim, um, because Salma Hayek is pissed about this. But I, I just want to know okay. your thoughts about yeah. this coming back right here on Risque. Hey, this is Angel Brinks, and you are listening to Risque with Roxy and Ruby on CBS's Play.it. All right, guys, we're back. Welcome to Risque. We got the lovely uh, stand-up comedian, Cristela Alonzo, uh, actress, writer, producer. And, I mean, you're young, girl, so there's probably so much more. <laughs> the list now, goes on and on. If you just heard, you know, she was the, the lead on Cars. And, I mean, there's just there's so much other opportunities, I'm sure, that are just awaiting for you. Dude, I'm a toy. Like, I do stand-up and people bring my toy to sign. Like, I'm a, like, I'm part of Disneyland. Like, yeah. they're, like, you know what I mean? That Seriously. is so I, I am a first-generation Mexican-American woman whose first language was Spanish, and I have a toy, and I, like, they unveiled a life-size model of my character at Disney, at well, at, at Cars Land, which is uh, California Adventure. And the day it unveiled, I got sent so many pictures from long lines of people, mostly Latinos, that were waiting in line to take a picture with Cruz because it mattered so much to Aww. them that they had yep. a Latino character to look up to or that, that they just, to represent to them. To represent, you know what I mean? yeah. And that's when we realized, man, we are starving for representation, man. Like, we starve, we are hungry for it. You know, we are ready for it. Yeah. What the hell is it? Exactly. And so now, Cristela, you're just, you're all over the place doing stand-up, right? I think the last, yeah. that's where I ran into you. you yes. Were, you opened up for George Lopez. Mm -hmm. I love that George Lopez is kind of getting back to his, to grassroots, you yep. know, to just being, instead of, I mean, I know he has a, his shows and stuff, but I just, I think like stand-up He started from comedy, you go back to you comedy. You go back to it, man. <laughs> People love to see you just like bear in the flesh and just like cracking jokes. Yeah, that's what we, that's where we come from. That's what we do. It's like, honestly, without the stand-up, I mean, neither one of us would have had a show. Yeah, <laughs> No, for real. And so you're doing a lot of that now, yeah. right? I mean, you've never really stopped. I mean, did you kind of have nope. to stop a little bit when you were filming your show? You know, actually, uh, I stopped. Well, no, I was still doing it when I was doing the show, actually, too. But, you know, I actually stopped doing stand-up for about, oh, God, maybe like almost a year and a half. I taped a Netflix special uh, in August of 2016, and then the election happened. Mm. And I actually stopped giving. Uh, I stopped doing stand up, and I started traveling the country, helping people organize, and just trying to help people that needed help. Like uh, I was really, I'm really involved working with like DACA students, and yeah. just, you know, it's like helping the community because I feel like like a lot of people they just needed it. And for me, it was like I couldn't, I couldn't keep doing stand-up knowing that people that I could help and not do something and then I finally started going back to stand-up I'm, I'm actually writing a book right now you and it's are. due I have to turn it in April 6th which really sucks <laughs> oh my, and you're like, writing it? I'm, 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 and I'm writing it like I'm not I don't have a ghost writer or anything like I'm writing no. every is it the story word. about your life? yeah and it's actually um, I don't have a title for it yet which my publisher if she hears this by chance like I totally have a title I don't have one but like, uh, <laughs> like it's weird I, I have to turn it in April 6th and it, I've never written a book before so the whole world is different it's going to be available in English and Spanish 
Good. And I think I'm doing the audiobook in both English and Spanish. And uh, the story, the book is about my life, but it's also about my love of music. So each chapter is the name of one of my favorite songs. Oh, and nice. What's I your talk- favorite music or is it just everything? It, it's everything. And that was my point. Like, I wanted people to know the variety that we have just as humans. Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, it's that thing where like, we're like even within like uh, the Latino community, right? Like, I grew up, I'm Mexican. So like, I grew up with like Los Tigres del Norte, Bronco. Like, mm-hmm. I grew up with like a Los different bookies. sound. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bookies, Marco Antonio Solis. Los Temerarios. Yes, <laughs> La <laughs> Mafia. <laughs> Los Invasores de Nuevo León. Like, everybody. <laughs> Hardcore stuff, yes. all regional. Yes, <laughs> but you know, it's like that's different from like the reggaeton world. Very. Everything, you know, and yep. and yeah. when people like when people know that you know when they know that I'm Latino, they always assume that I that when they, I like Latino music, they always go more towards the reggaeton because that's more popular. Like right that's now, played more yeah, right now. yes. But it's like no, no. Actually, there's a whole different kind of world out there within the community. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like you gotta try, like you gotta teach people, like no Latino. Latino music is reggaeton, but it's also, it's like polka influence, it's corridos, it's, it's like salsa, yeah. cumbias, I mean, trio, la banda, all todo, yeah, you know, you, hey, and you gotta not even forget about like the old school bands, like groups like Menudo and Timbiriche, yeah. oh my you know God. what I mean? So, yes. so it, like for me, it's like my choice, my music, it, it covers everything, like, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but like, you know, growing up in a little town, I remember I discovered rap when I was in eighth grade. And for me, rap changed my life because it was the first time that I heard a genre that that like actually talked about growing up in the hood. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I had grown up in the hood and I... I didn't hear people talk about like growing up in the hood. So when they did that, I was like, oh my God. Like, you know, it's like, who's your favorite rapper? Oh, uh, Tupac and Ice Cube. But like, Tupac for me, like, you hear him now and you, it's almost. It's almost frustrating. It makes me mad because, like, you hear him now, and the same shit that he raps about back then is so relevant now exactly. that you're like, shit he was hasn't so ahead changed. Of his game. You know yeah, what I mean? Was, like, you're like, so it hasn't changed, and you're just like, man. And it's like, what is it? Uh, you know, like, he's just like, it, it, and it's common sense. Like, we gotta, we gotta watch what we eat. We gotta take care of each other. Like, like, it's mm-hmm. all the same stuff. But like, I loved rap. I love Los Tigres del Norte. I love Bronco. I also like, you know, the. I also like like classic rock. You know, I I like more R&B, than a feeling. I, dude, Depeche Mode. Exactly. All that. You know, it's like I can sing Silk Freak Me and SWV like weak, but I can oh also sing like you know like you can do magic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's life, you know, and that's yes. and that's why I wanted to write the book because I'm like I'm more than what you think I am. Yeah. Let me tell you why this song matters to me. Let me talk about. About this da 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 da, you know. And are you working with like a major publisher? I'm, I'm sure. Doing, right? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's a uh, the company's called Atria Books, and it's under Simon and Schuster. So yes, oh, okay. you know? perfect. But so I I'm writing the book. It's out at the end of the year. I think it comes out in English first, and then they do like the Spanish translation. I'm not doing the Spanish uh, version of it. I get to approve it. But I also wanted to um, have an author that speaks like. That speaks formal Spanish because I speak I speak like a specific Mexican like dialect. Accent, dialect you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's when you find out that even if you speak Spanish, you don't speak similar Spanish. Exactly. Like, yeah, you know no, I mean? no, for it's real, called, it's different. I mean, it's look, different. I'm from El Salvador, so when in, in El Salvador we're like, you know, I'm not, when you tell somebody, you know, uh, come come mierda or yeah. or andate a la verga, yeah. that means like get uh-huh. the fuck out of here. But it, verga, it, I mean, and yeah. thank God for the podcast that we can say this stuff. <laughs> yes. if for like the Mexican culture, it's very vulgar. It's it weird is. how like, but it, for it, us, yes. it's like, what's up? Yeah, it's, well, no. it's really like a 
regular whatever yes. word. Like coño, coño. Yes. It's used in Cubans, it's, it's Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, and it's all different slang too. Yes. So it's like, what the hell? I didn't grow up with coño, so it's like, you know, it's that thing where like I would hear coño, but I didn't understand what coño meant, you know? And it's, yeah. it's weird because people don't understand, even in with like uh, different like Latinos, it's like you can say a word that means like hamburger in one language, but you just told someone to fuck off. And yes, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? And you're just like, oh shit, like I was just saying I was hungry, not that you were a bitch. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like it's so crazy. So crazy. Yeah. But just everybody automatically assumes like, and I don't even get mad, you know, I, I see people I don't that, either. They're like, are you Mexican? I'm like, no, I'm Salvadorian. I'll, I'll correct them yeah. because I'm not Mexican. Yeah. But, I mean, it's nothing to get mad over either. It's no. just the majority of people are Mexicans, and so it's normal that they confuse you. In for the one. West Coast, absolutely. on the, in the East Coast, it's a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. absolutely. Yeah, on the exactly. East Coast, like when I was in New York, when I was in New York uh, for a while, when I was younger, I was uh, I was Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was Puerto Rican. And, you know, and it was like I didn't even. And what's weird is that like my hometown is named San Juan. It's San Juan, Texas. So <laughs> for years, I used to think we lived in Puerto Rico. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my god! Like. San Juan, I'm yeah. like, oh, it's San Juan, yeah, like we're Puerto Juan. Rico. And then in Chorus Line, the Latina character in Chorus Line, she's Puerto Rican Freaking. from San Juan. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I heard Chorus Line as a little kid, I'm like, this bitch is from my hometown. <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Hey, so talk to us. You used to live in an abandoned diner. How did that yeah. even happen? Well, you know, my, so my parents split up and my, my, my you know, I come from an old school family that, you know, when when I talk about my life, people think, oh, people aren't like that anymore, you know, and, and I got to tell you, like, I come from an old fashioned family where everybody was taught the women take care of the, the kids and they're the homemakers and they serve the men and the men get to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so my my dad uh, cheated on my mom and my mom. She wasn't having it, and and and, you know, and that was a surprise because my mom was like this devout Catholic woman. Some women put up with that. Yeah, me casé con él, me tengo que quedar. Yeah, that's crazy. Death to his part. I want to say that my mom was, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that my mom was the first one in her family to actually separate from her to leave her husband. Good for her. Yeah, she broke the cycle, and she and she did it because she didn't want her kids growing up with that kind of idea. You know, yeah. with that kind thinking of thinking it's okay, that it was that okay. Yeah. Exactly. So she ended up becoming a single mom. She had four kids. She took the four kids. And, you know, um, she left my dad and found this abandoned diner to live in. She had no money. She had a second grade education. She didn't know what to do. So she found this abandoned diner. And that's when I. That's when you, we talk about, can we talk about, like, the power of a mom? Oh, when they my are God. like when they have just a parent, oh, like they're a parent. always in survival they, mode, yeah. always. And people don't understand, like if you didn't grow up in survival mode, people like I had an episode of my show called Survival Mode, where I talk on about Crisella, how, when Crisella yeah, was on. Yeah, and you know, on the episode, uh, my character was a law student, and she was going to take the LSATs, and uh, in the episode. She needed to. She couldn't take the test because they, the family, needed the money for something else. Uh, you know what I mean? You know, so and it's you're like torn between yes, two. Like, yes. And I remember the like. I got notes from like network and stuff, and they're like, uh, "That's not real, though. Like, why would you do that? If, if you're going to take the LSATs, then you become a lawyer, and then you make more money. So why wouldn't your family do that?" It's and I'm like, because the need yeah. is real. Exactly. That's why. You know, because you know, it's that thing. Um, you know, it's that that idea. Well, like, yeah, I, I could eventually make more money, but but we're hungry now. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you, my family's not going to eat hopes and dreams. Like, mm-hmm. they need food, you know? Yes. So it's that survival mode thinking that people aren't familiar with. So for the first seven years of my life, we grew up in this abandoned diner. My mom So that became your home? Yeah, that was my home. I, I didn't know that kids didn't live like that. My mom, you know, we didn't live in a great neighborhood. My mom wouldn't let me go outside. I, I could go to school, but after school, I had to come back home. I was a latchkey kid. My brothers went to work, you know, to, we all had to pitch in to like get by. And I didn't know that we had, I didn't know we lived in an abandoned diner, which shows you how great my family was and how great families can be at, at shielding you. Yep. Some things as a kid that then you look back and you're like, man, that was messed up, man. That was fucked up how we lived, you know? Yeah. So we lived in this abandoned diner and we used to borrow electricity from our neighbors. So my mom would pay my neighbor a flat rate and we would get access to like this orange extension cord that our neighbors had. And we used to power it with like, we used to power a little stereo we had and a TV and, you know, the TV was always important because that was my babysitter. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And, so, and is that where you would watch, like, Roseanne? <laughs> yeah. That was, like, I was obsessed with the shows and everything. That like, I learned English by TV. Like, I, did, I learned English by watching TV shows. So, with my family, I'm the only one that doesn't have, like, a, a an accent, you know? Gotcha. Like, Everybody because, else has an accent? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody, because I'm the only one in my family. I'm the youngest of four. And um, I'm the only one that didn't live in Mexico for a long time. So, I'm four. Like, there's four of us. The oldest one, uh, he was born in Mexico. My other brother and my other sister, they were born here, and then my mom took them back to Mexico. Oh, so they lived, okay. They lived over there for like ten years, and then, then they, they came, came back. back. Mm-hmm. So you know, they so they grew up in Mexico. Yeah, you know, and I grew up in Mexico. You know, I spent time in Reynosa where my grandma lived, and I used to go to you know, like my mom's village. But I didn't spend the time that they did. It was more like vacation. Yeah, yeah. like you know, yeah. Well, what I call like poor vacation, where you just you don't go vacation, <laughs> you go visit family somewhere. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're like you're, you're. But they they became integrated with all the culture there, absolutely. and then you got here and you got stuck with the TV, right? And then you know, so for me, I learned English by watching TV shows, and it like TV TV and music was my best friend. I learned American culture through TV and like movies and 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 music. That that was it. I had nobody else who, who teaches you how to be American. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like for me because uh, there is a, a difference. There's a difference in like the way that my family grew up and the way that you grow up here. Like oh, yeah. it's it's weird, you know. So yeah, we grew up in a, an abandoned diner, and then after that. I posted a picture on Instagram of the house we upgraded to, which I is also saw that. Yeah, that was like a little shack. And that was like a big deal for us to move up to that house. And I always I always talk about it and I love to post about it and I like to tell people about how I, I grew up because I feel like a lot of uh, people that live like that don't get to either they don't get the chance to talk about it or they might be embarrassed to talk about it. Uh-huh. And for me, I'm like, I wear that shit like, like, like. You're this. proud, man. Yeah, because That's where I, I mean, came from. Look what I've done. It like, makes you know who what I mean? you are. That's who you are. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I mean, honestly, I didn't. You know, I always say the definition of success is, is, you know, it's different for everybody. Some people want they want to be ballers. They want to live in the mansion. They want to have the limos. They want to have everything. I am so happy and content where I am right now. I live in an apartment. I travel a lot, which, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I'm not buying a house. You know, it's yeah. like, I'm, I'm never there. I have an apartment. 
I have food. I don't have to worry. Like you guys, like for me, it's a big deal when I can go to the store and buy like name name brand food. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, versus generic stuff. Yeah, exactly. where you can, I mean, we we would get those big old cereal generic cereal bags. <laughs> yeah, because there was so many of us. Like my family, yes. we only went to the grocery store once a month. Me we, too. We had a budget, and we would go to Lucky Supermarket, mm-hmm. and we were the you know three of us. Yeah, I'm the baby, and we always like, mom, we want fruit snacks. Mommy wants tapico. Yeah. Mommy want you know we yeah. wanted all. We ate ranch. We ate hamburger helper. <laughs> Yeah. We're not grass-fed beef. <laughs> we oh. ate whatever we could afford. Dude, I used to tell people, uh, my mom, I didn't know that uh, my mom had this thing. And my, it's funny how parents, they do, like, they they do things to not show you that we're poor. My mom, when I was a kid, she used to tell me that uh, there were no cereal in the cereal boxes. So she would say, um, she wouldn't let me touch them. And she would always say, no, mija, like, the boxes are there so that you can see what the cereal looks like. And then at the end of the aisle, that's when you get the big bag of cereal. You know? Oh. So she, so it was basically like display, and then you go get the cereal at the end of the aisle. Yes. And she didn't want to make you feel bad for buying generic. Yes. So, you know, it wasn't until generic I, does taste different. Do, it does. Like, let's be fucking <laughs> real about that. I was Dude. good. I'm like, I, I mean, I grew up on mantequilla with tortillas and mantequilla yeah. on, on bread. Like, the same way. Like, yeah. every typical Latino kid grows up on, you know, or we grew up on that cereal. Or maybe it doesn't taste different. And I used to shop at like Tiangis. Do you guys remember Tiangis? Yeah. I used to go to that store all the time. And, you know, and the thing, you know, you were talking about like the, like the the grass fed everything like that like I even talk about it in my set right now it's like you know you get these fancy grocery stores that, like they'll tell you the life story of every animal <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, like, real, it's like it's like 23 and me ancestry for cows it's like oh like, chicken yeah yeah Bessie the cow loves science she that, you're like what I'm gonna eat her hey, but, <laughs> are, you guys, are you guys meat eaters uh, yeah I am. I don't eat it very often. I don't, okay, but you'll eat it. Yeah, like, yeah, or yeah, chicken yeah, 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 or, yeah, 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 totally. But like, honestly speaking, you know, because I, you know, and listen, shout outs to all the vegans and everyone that's like completely transforming their life and all that stuff, right? Props to that into your discipline. Sure. But when I'm going in like on some steak or like, you know, caldo de res or yeah. something, I don't, I don't think about the cow getting killed. Right. I, I literally... Like, it doesn't even, I don't know if that makes me non-compassionate. No. I mean, I love animals. I have two dogs. But I don't think about that the slaughtering of the cow when I'm eating a caldo de res and the fucking yeah. meat tastes amazing. Well, you know, I think um, uh, my ex-boyfriend, he's vegetarian. And I'll tell you, he's he was veg- he's vegetarian, God, like 16 years now or something. He became vegetarian as a teenager. But I've noticed that a lot of the vegetarians that I meet, they always have that moment that they personally saw something that made them not want to eat meat anymore. Yeah. So if you don't have that moment... Well, I did times, have a moment like that. I went to Yucatan last year and I saw them kill oh, a yeah. goat. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, yeah. And I was like, but girl, after two months, That's I went back to eating That's the kind of shit meat. you see at Yucatan. <laughs> oh, I know. I, girl, I saw Super Size Me, that, that documentary about McDonald's, and I went to McDonald's right after the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> like, that did not work on me. I that like, did not that work. The only thing that worked on me that I saw was uh, pigs. When pigs started eating oh, their yeah. own crap, it was like, yeah. oh, yeah. and I'm eating that. What documentary like, was that? No, I literally saw it when I was oh, in yeah. Mexico. I couldn't I couldn't do it. When my dad took me when I was a little kid, I was just traumatized by it. I'm like, they're eating yeah, pork, shit. And pork I'm eating that, stomach, that's disgusting. Yeah, pork makes my stomach feel some type of way. It, yeah. it does. It's, I, don't, it just, I didn't so know they I, ate their own yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't eat pork. Quite often, actually, I stay away from it as much as possible. So, yeah, since that I day, feel, yeah, it, it's it's a weird thing, but it's like, why do we have to learn so much about animals if we're gonna at the at the end we're still gonna eat them? True, like you know, it's like, why do we talk about how they lived? You you killed them anyway. And let's you know, be honest, how how do we really know that they're grass fed? Like, uh, are right. we there? 
No. Watching the the cow eat grass. That's why I tell people like if you cannot afford to go to those fancy stores, that's why I go to like the Latino supermarkets, the Mexican stores, <laughs> like North Gate, like, yeah, 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 super like. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the fancy stores have like a twenty dollar tomato, and then the Latino markets are like, like thirty pounds for a nickel. Exactly. Like, like, and, and everybody's like, "How are they so cheap?" And then you get to the bin, and you you're like, "Oh shit, this tomato seen some shit." <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is why it's cheap. It has a life yeah, story. This, this one, it's smoking. And it's like, "Hey, bitch, I'm making some decent salsa." I don't like. I'm, I'm just here for the ride. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, you know, I just just pick me, man. I'm yeah. gonna die in a day. Mexican like, Mexican veggie tail. <laughs> Meanwhile, the fancy stores are like massaging the tomatoes. Oh, it's better if you massage for five minutes. <laughs> you know, the other day I went to um, a Mexican market and I was in my mom's neighborhood yeah. in Riverside and I was literally like, because, you know, I, I try to be health conscious yeah, and I, yeah. I, I'm really aware of like what I put in my body. And, I, and listen, eating healthy, you guys, is not expensive. Like eating healthy and eating right is literally just going back to basics. Yes. Vegetales. Fruta y pollo. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not all this whole food marketed stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all fluff. Yeah. It's all fluff. And you don't marketing. need it. Yeah. You don't need it. But eating healthy is literally vegetables and fish or vegetables and chicken. Like, it's very simple. And even and then, affordable. it's you, it, more simple that, uh, than that is just uh, don't eat the stuff you don't want to eat. For a year, I tried to force myself to love quinoa. <laughs> and <laughs> after a year, it. I was like... Fuck, I just don't like quinoa. And yeah. I feel like everybody tells you like, oh, quinoa, blah, 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 quinoa. Did, and I'm just like, you can't make yourself eat something that you're not going to like. So right there, that's how that's how food is expensive. Because then you buy the healthy shit that everybody's eating. You don't like it, but you're like, well, people say you got to like it. So you spend money on that. Yeah. And then it goes bad or, go, you know. And, and quinoa is like, more expensive than rice. But hold on. You, when I, when I first interviewed you back in the days when I was on traditional radio, you were a lot heavier. Yeah, like was... you lost a gang of weight. How did you do it? Where did you? I actually lost, you know, from that, from my heaviest ever, which is probably in like 2010 or 2011, I've lost about 60, 70 pounds. Naturally? Naturally. Naturally. Yeah, and you know, and that's, I do it naturally, especially now in the past months, like since August, I've lost 30 pounds. And I did it because my doctor told me to. And I did it the old school way. Because I wanted to tell people that I did it the old school way. What's the old school oh, yeah, way? Is starvation? Fasting? Cocaine. No, it really is about, um, you know, when people say they want to diet and they want to lose weight, um, you have to be ready to do it. When a doctor tells you that if you don't take care of yourself, you might die. That's oh, when you're shit. like, that's when you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. So for me, I started this thing where like, I don't even, it's not about going to the gym and like working out like a maniac. You just got to do more activity than you do now. So for me, I started this thing that I call wogging and I, I post it on wogging? Instagram. So what I do is I give myself within like two, three miles of where I live. If I give myself errands to do. And I jog to the thing that I'm going to go do the errand at. And I do the errand and then I walk back home. And it's that mixture. So it's not like all running. It's not all walking. It's a mixture of that. But it keeps you out. First of all, mentally, it's amazing because I get my phone. I listen to music and I don't check social media. I don't do anything. So it gives you a chance to not be so connected. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it. And you get to actually, you know, it's funny. I, um, my therapist, I have that kind of money, guys. I was, <laughs> <laughs> when I started going to my therapist, he actually said uh, he recommended to go out for a walk in the neighborhood 
for like, he started out for 10 minutes, then 15 minutes. You know, he's like, don't take your phone with you. Do it for 10 minutes, do it for 15 minutes, whatever you think, and just accept the world around you. Yeah. And when I did that, I was like, wow, you know, I noticed things about my neighborhood I had never noticed before. You I, know? D- I do that all Trees the time. Trees and stop yep. signs and stuff. You know? and it was like, <laughs> I, I draw conclusions, bro. I'm like, damn, this guy's, there's different cars there. He's probably, yeah, he's oh, probably single. Yes. Or he's probably cheating on his well, wife. We've always, like, no, oh, we've, it's always been there, but as we get older, we, we're just already used to having cell phones and whatnot. Yes. So before that, we didn't, hit, we didn't have it. And, and we used to do yeah, it all the time. And, and so it's like, it's great mentally because it makes me think about stuff and it makes me think about it in a different way I I kill time I mean sometimes and it's not about even time or anything as long as you do it like sometimes I'm out of my apartment for two hours and I'm just walking around doing stuff and I don't think about it and I started losing weight just from that you know and then the food all I did I just started eating the stuff that I liked more often but like including things you know I forgot like I like broccoli Oh, I for love some broccoli. reason, yeah. I forgot that I love broccoli. You know what I mean? And I started thinking, like, I started buying it more, and I'm like, I forgot that I liked it. You know, so I like it. You also can't deprive yourself because people, when they start on diets, are all like, no more this, no more that. And then what happens? You do great for like a week, and then you have your cheat day, which turns back into your cheat yeah. life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it goes from day to yeah, life. Yeah. But like, don't deny yourself. If you want, like, if you're on a diet and you want, like, in and out or something yeah you know go get it because that's gonna make you feel good and after a while you'll realize that you don't crave it as much exactly. i've been craving in and out burger man i'm not gonna lie i i, I do that was your go-to for, that yeah. was your first thing you said yes, I, i've been craving in and out for the last three weeks and like i i i deprive myself some i'm, I'm yeah. the queen of never depriving but that i'm just yeah. like oh i feel like i'm gonna want like a like the triple one yeah i'm, just, I'm craving yeah. it that you should bad do the four by four and <laughs> then the animal, <laughs> animal style fries oh. you guys can i just say that i actually i think i've maybe eaten at in and out one time in my life what? And i'll tell you uh, in and out i'm look, there's gonna be people that are gonna be coming at me but i'm gonna be up front in and out for me that's like going to school and doing math the the way to order at in and out it's a different code different language i need rosetta stone in and out you line up although yeah like everybody's oh you want protein calculus style that's when we get a ruler inside a burger and you're like i don't even know like i just want a burger and fries everybody's got their own way of giving it and exactly like, right now Right now, in one moment, you're like, animal style, the the four something, the, the flying five. Dutchman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the four by four, it's like the electric slide fry, <laughs> the, you know, you just the Roger Rabbit shake. <laughs> you're just like, what is going on? Like it, every time I I try, I try, I try, but like In and Out is overwhelming as hell. Yeah. I no, just want every In and Out has massive lines, and, dude. And it's all ridiculous. Of, all of, that's why, like, that's why I like any place. I go to any place where I. I can just order by a number. I'm like the number two. <laughs> like, I'm like that's all it is. I just give me numbers, and I'm just like the number four with water. Or the like that's it, man. I love it. Okay, listen, we're coming right back. And listen, I got to tell you guys that um, a Donald Trump. I, I want to know what, you, what your mm-hmm. thoughts are about this. He's going to be making his first visit to Latin America next month. So this is going to be really interesting. And I also want to talk to you about social media because mm-hmm. I know you're on social media, but I don't feel like it consumes your life either. Yeah. So coming back, yeah. we're talking about social media just because it's a thing, you know, you cannot not talk about. You know. And Donald yes, Trump. Coming right back <laughs> on Risque. 
What's up, guys? It's Macy Kate, and you are listening to Amber Rose Presents Risque with my girls, Roxy and Ruby, on CBS's Play.it. Oh, man, you guys, this conversation has been amazing since the moment Cristela walked, walked in. in. Seriously, <laughs> welcome back, guys, to Risque. So uh, the White House announced that Trump will be making his first visit to Latin America next month, and the trip will begin in Peru at the Summit of the Americas. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to go? Mm. Seriously. Um, you know, it's funny because I, you know, I, I like to watch the news. I like staying informed. And ever since mm-hmm. Trump got elected into presidency, like, there's never been one day. Like, I've never met a president that's more drama. Oh, And girl. I've never yeah. seen a president where his administration quits. Somebody from the administration quits at least once a week. Oh, I know. It's like basically. His, I think his secretary, his secretary of state just recently got caught calling him an idiot. Well, and so Amarosa, he fired him look at two days later. Yeah. And it's like, it's, I'm like, we have two more years of this to go. It's exhausting. It feels like an eternity. It's exhausting. But I will tell you, you know, the and I, I said it, I, I say it all the time. I think that the one, and I, when I say this, people are like, what are you going to say? The One of the things that's good about him winning and becoming president was that not, finally so many people are aware of the bullshit so many other people have been dealing with mm-hmm. our entire lives. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like almost like, hey, welcome to the party. Where the hell have you been? Yeah, you know right. what I mean? So it's like for me, I'm like, if we can get people to pay attention and to become more active, then, you know, whatever we got to do, then we got to do it. Because I'll tell you, like, Trump going to Peru, first of all, I don't even know if he knows if that's a, like Latin America. <laughs> you know, that's probably why he's going because yeah. he probably thinks Latin America is Mexico, Mexico Junior, Mexico Junior. <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm not going to Mexico the third. We mad at them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it, honestly, I, and that's sad because I I joke it like I joke with it, but there is there is a reality to it. I don't know how much he knows. And that yeah, frightens me, that you does. know, because to me, I've always said, I don't want my president. I don't want my president to be good at, as I am. Like, I want him to be better. I don't want to have a beer with my president. I want to feel like I shouldn't have a beer with my president. Yeah, exactly. The, he's representing, man. Yeah, like, You know, it's like, especially like, what are you going to talk about Peru? I have not, because I follow the news. I, I'm very active. And well, you I, have to kind of for your stand-up yeah, too, right? Just so you absolutely. can crack jokes and stay up to date. And it's like, and the thing with Trump is that like, he, I can't remember when he's gone on record and say something like super positive or even accurate. About the Latino community. Did you guys mm-hmm. hear the other day? I guess he went to San Diego. He's been in Southern California. Yeah. Yeah. He went to San Diego. He was having a press conference by the wall. And they were like showcasing, I mm-hmm. guess, like the model of what it's going to look like. And he's like, yeah, you know, you, Mexicans got great climbing abilities. And I'm like, like, does does he have it? Like, this dude is off yeah, the no cuff. Filter. He doesn't even respect who writes his shit for him. But like, uh, like even like the stereotype, like the stereotypes that? he comes up with are such bullshit that you know. Well, you know, Asians love fruit roll ups. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> like Trump? Like, I where'd you get that? Like, they love they love strawberry more than grape. That's what I heard. Everybody knows. <laughs> and you're just like. What like like that thing about the climbers? I'm like, is this a season of Ninja Warrior? Like, what do you mean? Like, well, you know, they're great climbers. It, it's there was somebody uh, I saw on Twitter today. Somebody was saying uh, one of the Trump aides uh, told uh, one of the sources told uh, told a journalist that when uh, Trump likes to speak about maybe I want to say 
Asians, namely like Japanese or something, he always mentioned stereotypes about how they love to throw like bowling balls on cars. What? And and everybody's like, he mentions it numerous times in meetings and everybody's like, Where, Where do you, you get, get this? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 oh, what? Like, well, you know, coyotes, they always want to kill those road runners. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> what is this? He's so dumb. Yeah, seriously. And it's, it's like, there's no, there's no stopping his, his unfiltered ass. Like, it's like, we, everyone's still talking about impeachment. And I'm yeah. like, I don't even think that's going to happen. And then recently, um, Donald Trump Jr.'s wife filed for divorce. Yeah, I was just okay. Bring that up. Yep. Um, after, I think they were married for 12 years. They have mm-hmm. Five kids together, and they're saying that they think the word on the street. You know, you know what they say: "Si el río suena es porque piedras trae." Uh-huh, you know, like uh-huh. so, something's <laughs> being spoken about. But they're saying that they think that Melania may be next, and I'm like, that would be. I mean, I don't think that's ever happened in the in the history of a president, no. right? Where like the first scandal. lady wants no. to. I, but you know what? I feel like even I was thinking about that because I'm like, damn, what if it's true? Because yeah. I feel like Melania's trapped. Yeah, I feel like she's just a trap woman. I would. I think that like Trump would have her be disappeared. Yeah. To, in order to like before going through a scandal like that. Yeah. I think he would have her dealt with, and that's why she probably would never. Even if that's her truth, she probably would never do it. And it would be un tremendo scandal if it happened, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so poor lady. I mean, she probably they probably are next. But you know, I mean, at this point, everybody's next. I mean, you know, I'm just waiting for the day. That he has that one of his kids goes to jail or gets indicted, and I want to see what he says about the kid. Like I don't know him. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, 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 he, he brought his coffee two times. I don't even know. Like, are you sure he's my son? Like, you know, like you know. Christella, so your social media. So how, yes. how? What's your favorite platform? Instagram, Facebook, um, Instagram, Instagram. I love Instagram. You love it. You I love, love it more it. than Snapchat. I, you know, Snapchat. Uh, I I only I only use Snapchat to take pictures with filters and then post them everywhere else. That's it. Because I because yes. honestly, Snapchat. I realize that I'm at that age. I'm at that age where, like, you know how adults, parents, they, you know, we all get to the point where we're like, we are done learning. Like, you know, like we're done learning technology. Yeah. Everything. Snapchat when it came out. It was a bit complicated. Well, because then you you got the numbers, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know how you get the numbers. And what numbers? Like the little score or whatever. The, the, the points. The, the, I, I don't know what that number means. It's for every no, little yes. thing every little thing that you do. If you put a filter on something, you get a, you get a trophy. You get a score. If you put uh, a filter plus a, another filter right on top of that, you get another score. If you sent a, 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 a message to a friend and... They screenshotted it. You get another score for that. Yeah. It's, it's all kinds of like. Snapchat to me codes. is kind of like um, Snapchat for me is kind of like um, it's like a drunk friend where they only remember it while it's happening, and then the next day there's no record. <laughs> do you ever go on your Snapchat to say or your Insta stories and be like, "What the hell did I do last night?" Oh God, <laughs> dude, no, because I don't want to be told. That's it. See, that's a, I. That's a, this is how I judge friends. Like, because I I don't drink as much as I used to. But when I was when I used to drink a lot, the next day I always hated the friend that would remind you of everything you did, and I'm like, "Yes, bitch, we're having fun. Why are you throwing it in my face? Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, just like, why, why are you throwing? Why are you giving me receipts? I'm not returning. Like, exactly. You know what I mean? Do you try to stay away from politics and religion in your in your comedy, or do you go nope. in? I go in all the time. Have you ever had anybody like cuss you out in the middle of your sets? Because I feel like there's people that like. My thing is this: if you're gonna go see a live comedy show, yeah. if you're gonna go see live stand up. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't be the person getting offended at jokes. Like, exactly. yeah. comedians 
like I feel like a comedian is just a funny person that talks shit. Yeah, well, you know, uh, no, actually, I don't get that. You know, I'll tell you that a couple, uh, maybe like a month ago, I was playing Salt Lake City, and there was one show where uh, a fan of mine, she w- uh, she was uh, drunk, and she started talking to me. And people thought she, they didn't know what she was saying and she, they thought she was uh, talking shit to me. But it actually turns out that she was agreeing with what I was saying so much that she kept like saying like, yes, uh-huh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was talking about how hard it is to be in this country right now as a Latino in certain areas. Yeah. You know, and for me, I talk about what's important to me. Everybody that goes and sees my shows, they are hella familiar with me. They know what the they hell know I'm going to do. Yeah. And honestly, and I say it all the time. I, I mean, there's always a, a point in the show when I do stand-up that I always talk about how I, I talk about the stuff that I talk about because I don't see a lot of people like me uh, getting the chance to talk about it on, on a bigger level. And people need to hear... Uh, they're like people that, are, that represent them, that are like them to yeah. just talk about that shit. And it's not for everybody. You know, th- that's why some other, th- that's why some comics, you go see them and, you know, they'll say shit and you're like, oh, damn, I didn't know he was going to do that because they're not known for doing that. Yeah. I'm known for doing yeah, that. Yeah, you are yeah. known like, for you that. You know, like, I'm doing, dude, I'm known for clapping back at my own fans. I'm like, bitch, get on my face. I don't need your money. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you do because, do that. Because I'm just like, because I'm like, hey, just because you like me doesn't mean that you have the power to insult me and try to make me feel bad. We're not having that. Yeah. Like, you are yeah. invited to this party. You didn't, you didn't plan this party. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's really, I feel like that's the way you cope with things, right? Is jokes. Yeah. Since you were a little girl, is that the way you cope? Totally. Jokes. I mean, look, I started doing stand-up. I started doing stand-up after my mom died. And it was like... So I your was, mom, when did your mom die? 2002. So she didn't get to see you with your show? Never. Dang. Never. Oh, my gosh. How do you think she would have felt? Just, like, massively proud, huh? Like, you know, honestly... cabrona, I want to say that she... I, if she had been... If she was alive right now, I wouldn't be doing any of it. Because she was the person that... Uh, she couldn't understand it. And my mom had always told me that my dream job, like the dream job she had for me was to cut hair. And, you know, my mom always said, like, even in recession, people's hairs grow. Like, they, yeah. their hair grows. Even when, I heard when, even when you dye your hair and your nails grow. Yeah. That's yes. weird. Yeah. Totally. You know, so it's like that thing where my mom didn't want me to go do something crazy. That wasn't safe. Yeah. You know, yeah. so for me, I always tell everybody that the the way that I grew up, I actually wasn't allowed to chase after my dream until she passed away. Wow, because, that's powerful. Because I was the youngest one, and I don't know about everybody's family, but in my family, my mom, when I was eight years old, told me that I was going to take care of the family. Okay, she wanted yeah. me to watch over them. She wanted I was going to take care of her. I was going to like she gave me all this. You're all like, damn, I'm the baby. Why do I get exactly. all the responsibility? Because yeah, the baby always takes care of the family. Yeah. That's the last that's, one that yeah. stays at, at the house. So that's going to be my role. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, you know, and it's true. It's like like you know, I always say that I didn't realize that my mom was actually like she was grooming me to become the matriarch after she passed away. Yeah. So I'm like I'm like the mom in the family. I'm the youngest one, but I take care of everything in the family. Yeah. So like. If anybody needs a, has a problem or something, they come to me, you know? And for me, and that's the thing is that because I wanted to act, my family thought, oh, her life doesn't really matter. Like, you know, like her time isn't valuable. Like she yeah. has to act, you know? So I went to college and I had to drop out of college 
to move in with my sister and help take care of her kids because she needed help and she had kids and I wanted to just act. <laughs> That's my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I had to drop out of college. So I didn't finish college because of that. Then I came to LA. I moved to LA. I, li- I lived here for like maybe a year, year and a half. I don't remember to try to make it. And um, my mom got sick and I had to move back home and take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was the person that was always expected to drop everything I did From to home. go home and help out the family. Because again, it's like, it's not like I was trying to go to college to be a doctor or something that she understood. Yeah, you, you were just I mean? doing non-traditional things. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like I was the black sheep. You know what I mean? I was like the girl. Esa that, está loca. Sí, es, eh, no sé. You know, and even worse, like, uh, you know, my mom never let me date. So she was the kind of woman that always thought that I was going to end up a spinster. So my mom's like, nadie te quiere. Cobweb down yeah, there. You know, she's like, she's like, you know, she, you're never going to get married. No one's going to want you. Like, you're never going to have kids. So you should help your sister out because she has kids and that's the closest you'll get to having them. And do you yeah. want to have kids one day? No, because I fucking raised those kids, man. I don't, I like, 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 you know what I mean? Once you go through it. Yeah. You, like, don't, wanna, you, don't, you don't got that biological clock. You just, I got to hammer and hit that shit. Like, I just, <laughs> like, and I'm not saying like, like I'm not saying like, I, I don't want kids. If it were to happen, maybe, but it's not something that I'm... You're like, like planning, yearning, yearning no, for it. Like, for like me, me I'm like yearning for kids. Yeah, yeah. I need to let that shit go. That's why it's not happening because I yearn for it too much. Uh, I need well, to let I feel go. her because, I mean, or I feel you because yeah. I'm taking care of my niece right now. Yeah. So I was like, How old? she's uh, 11 going on 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. But um, I've had her since she was six yeah. and it's, yeah, I feel you. I completely and, feel and, you. And, and, and you I, know, I don't want kids. I don't, I, I don't, I, I mean, she's my kid. That's yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I have that, until she's 18. That's actually, that goes back to like the TV show. I wanted to do that, tell that story in the TV show because my character, you know, when I was in my 20s, I didn't have the lifestyle that that you see on TV for women in their 20s. Right. You know, the, the the young girls, they graduate from college and they're going on to the big world. And oh, my God, they're going to get their career. And will they ever find Mr. Right? Like, I didn't <laughs> yeah. have that mm-hmm. I, in my 20s. Everybody thought that I was my uh, nephews and my niece's mom because I'm the one that would drop them off and pick them up at school. They all thought that I was like a teenage mom with three kids, which I really was, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I would have to, you know, I had to take my nephews to get vaccinated, like do all the errands that a parent does. So, you know, for me, that that is something my 20s was about being a mom. And I think that that's a role that exists in a lot of Latino families and just yep. immigrant families and just people like families that need that need to help each other to survive. Yeah. yeah, there's always those roles of like uncles and aunts and like the relatives that come in to help out to help and out. Yeah, they don't understand like the job of the tia. There's like this job of the aunt, the tia that exists where people wonder why didn't she get married? Why didn't she do this? Because like, I was busy taking care of your exactly. everybody else in the you, family. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, and, and, like, and I'll tell you, and I do it, and I do it, and I don't mind doing it. Because yeah. I want I want those kids to have the opportunities I didn't have. Exactly. Because that's that's what it's about. You know, it's like, when I got the, when I got the TV show and everything... I used to tell my family they didn't understand what I was doing, what I wanted to do, and I used to tell they them just all the time. Would see you on TV and just feel proud. Oh, no, no. Well, even no, but this is when I was trying to get on TV. Oh, like, okay. You know, it was like they didn't uh, until I got on TV. They finally got what I was doing. Like, yeah, they were they like uber proud of you, your family? Were they kind like, of? You know, it, they, it was weird because they they had a hard time understanding it. They were just like, "What is this?" And I used to tell them, "I I know it seems weird because I come from like a blue collar working class Mexican family, you know, and, and we were taught that jobs had to hurt." 
Yeah. You had it was physical. You had to like you know you had blisters to, in your hands. Yeah. construction worker. Yeah. You got to hammer exactly. your hands. Yeah, like, you, your body's gonna shut down in your thirties because you've been working your ass <laughs> off. And you know what I mean. So it's like like that's what I thought a job like Dang, that was. That's so true. So yeah, and we and we're taught about that shit. We are taught like that. We're conditioned to to think that that's what a job is. So I used to tell my family like I know that what I'm trying to do is so unreal, and I know that you don't get it. But trust me, man. If if this pays off. I'm gonna We're be all able, good. Like, yeah, like I'm gonna be able to take care of everybody, like that, yeah. and that's a responsibility I chose. You know what yeah. I mean? I didn't have to do that. And when I got that show, I went and I started, I started working with all my brothers and like my brothers, my sister, my nephews, my niece, and I started asking them like, "What do you need? What are we gonna do?" Da da da. Uh, you know, my brother, my oldest brother, became a citizen. He went like naturalization in 2016. That was hella big. My mom wasn't around to see that. I flew down and saw that because it was important for him to become a citizen yeah and i like we made that happen yeah you know my my niece and my nephew they graduated high school and they tried to go to community college and they dropped out because they just didn't like it and then i finally like i waited a couple years because i don't want to push them right you know and then i'm like hey you want to go to college i will pay for your college just go get that education like go get the education i didn't get yeah, yeah. You know what i mean it's like did they it, go back to college they did and, and you know and it's like that like everything that my family needs i'm like that comes because i got the chance to thrive and get my dream i'm yeah. like all of this is taking care of traditional exactly in your own way you know and it's like and for me what i'm doing now is doing what my mom wanted me to do when i was eight years old i'm exactly. watching Damn. over everybody i'm taking care of everything and and you know i don't got that mansion money i don't got the limo money i don't got any of that because the kind of money that i have is the my family all of them gets to they get to eat my like if a car breaks down i can fix their car mm -hmm. you know if they have a bill that pops up that they weren't expecting we can pay that and they don't have to freak out about it like yeah that's success yep. you know what i mean yeah it's like, mm -hmm. that's success because the for me success isn't about you winning it's about bringing everybody with yeah. you yeah you know like yes. that's when people get to see what the fuck they're capable of and what life can be that motivates them to spread it to other people exactly. they're like we saw that shit like we like it's real like yeah Go do it. Like, we can go do it. That's what it's about. Oh, my That's God. Christella, hey, you need to be a motivational speaker, too, bro. <laughs> well, she got the book and everything coming know. out. So. You, a, a book with no title, but Asia don't I know, know that. I know. We're, we're just going to say it's going to be titled Christella. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to call it Selena because anything she sells, anything with her name yeah, sells, literally, dude. Literally. I'm gonna, like, I'm like, I love Selena. Hashtag Selena. Selena forever. <laughs> Selena, Selena, Selena. No me queda más. Bidi, bidi, bam, bam. Bidi, Book. Yeah. <laughs> Christella, dude, such a pleasure having you on. Thank How can you. people follow you on Instagram since that's your play favorite platform? Well, uh, Instagram and Twitter are my my go tos. I'm at Cristela Alonso, uh, Cristela Nine. Oh my God, I'm lying. Why nine? Is that your favorite number? Uh, you know, it's my favorite number, but like all the Cristelas were taken. So, like, <laughs> so I started doing one. yeah, I started doing Cristela, Cristela One, Cristela Two. And then finally, I just said, ah, fuck it, nine. And then was it was <laughs> And I just kept it. I'm like, Cristela nine. At Cristela nine. Go follow her on Instagram. Yes. And then, um, I mean, you you post on there where you're going to be performing, right? Yeah, I, I, I post all the time. And I'm working on, an, on like a nationwide tour that starts, I think, in, I want to say September or something. Runs to the end of the year. And I think it's going to hopefully lead up to another second uh, hour special that I, I don't know where I'm going to shoot it. But I've limited down the cities to a couple. So. And real quick question. I just want to find out. Are you... 
Are you going want to try to bring back that show again? Like, how about YouTube I can't. platform? I can't. Why? Why can't you? Because what about Netflix? I don't own the show. Oh. oh. I don't own the show and they won't let me have but, it. And uh, when the show is canceled, we tried to take it to Netflix and Netflix didn't want it. What about recreating something else different that's kind of similar but in a I, different I, context? Who, who wants <laughs> to do that? Like, you don't want to you want to come back and do like a revamp of the same shit. You want to show people that you did <laughs> so it. The, you know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I, I mean, like, like it work. It doesn't even work with music. It's like, <laughs> like when you have a hit, like people don't want to hear like a sequel to the hit. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want to hear something else. Like what else you got? You know, it's, yeah. n- it's not like Hotel California and the lobby of Hotel California. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see more of you, dude. Uh, I thanks, seriously man. can't. Thank seriously, you. you're dope. You're real. <laughs> and me encanta eso. And I love that you're on the healthy tip. It, man because yeah. our people we we really you know like it shouldn't take you going to the doctor yep. to say you know what your cholesterol is through the roof your blood pressure is through the roof and it's just, it's a cultural thing in the morning it's like cafecito con pan and we get it it's delicious but listen your fucking arteries are like screaming for help no one ever teaches us that nobody teaches no us one, that uh, no one teaches us how to eat no one ever does anything and also uh, and also let's face it man it, it, a lot of it has to do with like like y- like how rich we are how poor we are I mean when you're poor you eat unhealthy shit because it's cheap mm-hmm. you know i used to tell my family all the time like, like people all the time we grew up on mcdonald's because back in the day mcdonald's was cheap it was a full meal and like like we could eat off of that you know it's like buying a salad buying stuff to make a salad hella expensive at times yeah you know but going to get like a number one the dollar menu you know, yeah you know what i mean i mean like, archery every sunday after church this was like our dude. tradition we would go after church First of all, all the vendors would be out there. Elotes, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, raspados, elotes. chicharrones, all that. But ap- that was just like an appetizer. Yeah. You know, snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then the family, we would take it at McDonald's. Yeah. And yeah. where they had like a big play area yeah. with like slides and all that. And we would have, we were proud, girl. We would dude. all have a big breakfast. I would buy do- the two. big uh, breakfast. We would go to Reynosa. I would go to visit my grandmother in Mexico like every Monday right across the border. And I would always buy dos elotes. And oh, the elotes were elotes always like, good. oh, with, and like, the elotes with like chile and mayonesa uh, and like oy. not realizing that like at like eight I was already like bubble guts. my already <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, oh man it was I just, love I love elotes but dude oh. the moment like 30 minutes later I start getting bubble guts oh, I'm just like oh damn all that cheese and then to find the elote guy sometimes it's like I feel like I'm looking for a drug dealer like I'm just, like <laughs> driving down the street like hey, when you hear that horn oh my god fly yeah. right out that door dude that, that man the elotero is like my ice cream truck man for real. For real. but they hardly don't come around man like in the- no they're all like they're all like wearing like invisible capes and shit <laughs> no, they're they're probably, like, you on. know what they're probably afraid to try to get busted by like of course, busting. that's why yo of course all the all the people that are vending it's so sad but anyways <sighs> we love you Cristela. thank you follow her on social media this has been another episode of risque thank you the homo homie for being here with me thank you as and always. we'll catch you guys next time
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 